So what's up, dude? Nothing much. It was a good weekend. Feels feels good. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, this is going to be a brand new episode separate from what I was just doing all weekend with the Crash Crucible. Uh, I've got JR here, owner of Crash. What, this is like your third appearance, bro. You're becoming a VIP. That's right. I think our voices are kind of losing. It might sound a little bit different after talking for 72 hours. That will sound very raspy <laughs> for all the listeners. And then we've got Taylor Self out of Charlotte. He was here this weekend competing at the Crash Crucible and uh, just took first. Got some, uh, got some money. Yeah. Feels good. Yeah. So <laughs> talk about coming into uh, the weekend, dude. So... I know you did this event last year. Last year you went head-to-head with, like, Josh Miller and Jason Hopper. Um, It was the first year that JR put this event on. Did you know as soon as you were done last year you were coming back? Yeah, I knew I wanted to. Um, I, you know, I thought at that time, which was correct, that it was going to get bigger Mm -hmm. and and have, you know, if not just as good a competition, a better competition this year was more a deeper field for sure. yeah, I had a lot of fun last year. They were, well, I didn't do well, so I didn't have fun, but I liked the workouts and I liked the event, and I knew that I wanted to come back for sure. But if I don't do well, I don't have fun. You crushed that first event last year. I specifically remember that one. That's right. Like, That's absolutely right. crushed it. Yeah, I think that was just some uh, some heat four rage coming out because <laughs> I put him in a put him in one of the first heats. It was, it, it was I def- didn't know who he was. It was definitely heat four rage. <laughs> it was that leprechaun dude, that leprechaun beard you got going on. I was I was pretty upset about being in a heat <laughs> and not the final heat. That's true though, because I don't think I knew who you were obviously if JR didn't know who you were, I didn't know who you were. But that's yeah. I feel like you kinda came on the scene and you started kind of coming down here over the last year, just kinda dropping in and training with JR and Jason and Talk about that, that kind of relationship that you guys have built. Well, me and JR just started talking quite a bit more after Crash last year. And, um, you know, I feel like we have a similar outlook on CrossFit, a similar outlook on training. And, you know, we get along pretty well. So, And I have fun coming down here and hanging out with him. Yeah, for sure. Um, So let's do this, man. I want to know a little bit more about your background. Um, All the way from when you were a kid, like where are you from? You got brothers and sisters? Did you play sports growing up? Yeah, I yelled. I, uh, so I grew up in Northern Virginia, right outside of D.C. Um, and I played sports. I, I played as a young kid, baseball, basketball, soccer. I swam, wrestled, played football. And then I kind of stuck with – so I, I dabbled in everything. And yeah. then stuck with baseball. I played baseball for like 16 years. Um what position did you play? Second base. Second base. I, I grew up, when I was a little kid, I played catcher. Um, <clears throat> then kind of settled in at second base. Um, I wasn't very good. I was all right. <laughs> um, it was one of those things where your parents want it more than you want it. No, I get that. I get that. Um, I'm a physical therapist, so I see that frequently. Um, we get some young kids in, and I think some parents have a hard time not living vicariously through their kids um and that's where injuries happen a lot of times especially in baseball i i always i've said this before on the podcast if i see a 12 year old who's getting tommy john surgery like there's something wrong with that that parenting style um i don't know how you guys feel about that but that's how i feel about it yeah yeah i think there's a there's a certain amount of play that should be done with kids and then after that it's not play anymore Right. A lot of times before the child has made the decision that they want to train and not play, the parent has already made it for them. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I relate with that a lot. I, and I, I rebelled against it. So I didn't, you know, I maybe could have been all right at baseball, but I definitely pushed back a lot and kind of was a hard partying young kid that didn't really take sports or physical health seriously for a long time. So talk a little bit about that. Um, I did listen to your podcast episode with Savon, or Sevon, right? Yeah, that was pretty cool. How was it being on that podcast first? It was it was cool. Um, you know, I've, I'm a fanboy for the sport, so I've obviously watched all the behind the scenes, and I think he's pretty funny. Oh, dude, he's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so it was cool being on it with him and being the butt of some of his jokes. Right, I can right. laugh at myself, so. Yeah, yeah, so you, you spoke a little bit on there about 
Um, some of your party days. I don't know if you want to go into detail about that at all, but yeah, we can talk about that, man. Um, party also might be, party also might be <laughs> glorifying it a little more than it needs to be glorified. I, you know, I come from a family of, um, you know, there's alcoholism and some drug addiction in the family, and so from a young age. I probably got involved with some things I didn't need to get involved with. You know, I smoked weed pretty early on as a as a young kid. Um, drank ab- abusively, I would say, really as a very young age, and then, you know, kind of throughout high school, got worse and worse and worse. And um, you know, I went through a little a little adversity growing up. I had my dad's dad, who was I spent a lot of time with. Um, passed away when I was like maybe 13 or 14 mm-hmm. then a couple years later my dad passed away um, from lung cancer and he had actually been sober for a few years um, before that but I had been kind of off and and doing my own thing and not spending a lot of good family time with with him or my mom and sister I was just you know doing drugs and getting into trouble and uh, I think my so my grandfather passing away and then my dad passing away kind of allowed me to spiral out of control a little bit faster and, and luckily come to a realization that I needed to change, needed something to change. Sure. So you, you see that sometimes, especially with people who have traumatic experiences or like a lot of times maybe the, the father figure is not in the picture. <clears throat> and uh, what do you feel like, was there somebody that came into your life that kind of helped you out or like helped wake you up or did you come to a self-realization that this is what you needed to do? I would almost call it a God moment. I think I had gotten to this DUI accident when I was 16. I was like, I was driving my car like 100 miles an hour with my best friend in the passenger seat, and I was like blackout drunk and flipped it six times. Oh, wow. um, and me and him both kind of woke up in the car. It was like on its side. It was like 2 a.m. and <laughs> the music was all the way up, oh, <laughs> and no. the high beams were on. And we we're like, all right, let's just walk home. We were like, you know a quarter mile from my house and I couldn't get the car to turn off. So I was thinking that if I could get the car to turn off, this is how drunk I was, that, you know, the cops wouldn't find it or something, (laughs) but it wouldn't turn off. So we walked home and as I was walking in the back door, the cops were like knocking on the front door. Um, And so that kind of perpetual, I kind of started a series of like, weeks or months where I was self-reflecting a little more I I remember I woke up in the hospital and I like told my mom I was like all right I'm never gonna do anything again and then lo and behold that didn't last sure um and then a few months later of just being emotionally miserable I for some reason I just asked I told my mom that I thought I needed help and and this had been after several times where she was like you're you need help and I was like you don't know what you're talking about and if you do, I'm not getting it. <laughs> but, uh, th- yeah, I just got to a point. You know, I think in order for anyone to create change, it has to come from within. can't be somebody else wanting it for you. And so I got lucky in that. I kind of came to the realization that I needed to change and wanted to change. Sure. That's awesome. So do you feel like uh, once you got through, you, did you check into rehab then? Yeah. So I just told my mom, I was like, I need help. Um, she had tried to to send me off to rehab a couple times and like an, an outpatient and I just wouldn't go. <clears throat> um, and luckily for me, to be fair, luckily I, cause I know a lot of people that their parents forced them into it. Sure. Like, like they said they weren't going to go. And there's these, these people that in that kind of community, they call them, call it being gooned or like you can hire, if you're under 18, you can hire a service of like people like guys that'll basically come to your house and take your kid away really even if they say yeah like if you're under 18 sure your parents are the guys are like yeah. look we can use force we don't want to so you're gonna come with us whether you like it or not <laughs> so that could have happened to me and i, I feel prob- like that in of itself would be super <laughs> traumatic though like if that happened yeah. to a 14 or 15 year old kid i don't know how well rehab would start off right for sure but you know but th- to be fair parents that do that are like probably scared out of their mind they're like my kid just almost killed himself in a car they're doing right. drugs that could kill them um, so I'm just, I'm, I'm fortunate in the fact that I didn't kill my, I didn't die myself. And I'm fortunate in the fact that I wasn't forced into it per se. Yeah. I kind of came to that realization myself. So yeah, I, I checked into a rehab. I was there for like four months. 
And that was when you were 16. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So do you, after high school, did you end up going to college or? Yeah. So I got out of rehab and redid my junior year in high school. And then I did, did my senior year. And then I was in community college and then planning on going into the Navy. And that didn't work out for, you know, they <laughs> ask you about your past. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was honest. I, yeah. I, a lot of people told me to lie. And I was pretty scared to lie because a dishonorable discharge is pretty does not a good look. No. Um, and I got I got through most of the process, and then they just wouldn't give me the A school or contract that I wanted. They wanted to you know something else, and it wasn't what I wanted when I wanted it. So, um, so what'd you end up doing? I finished. I think at that point I had finished uh, my associate's degree at community college, and so I, I enrolled in a four-year school uh, in the social work program, um, kind of in that sobriety field, trying sure. to work in that, and uh, <clears throat> did that for about a year and a half, um, and then moved to Charlotte and transferred to the UNCC School okay, of Social yeah. Work. Um, and then up until last year, I, I think I had six credits left and decided to to not. So how old are you right now? 26. You're 26 years old. All right. So it, it doesn't obviously it doesn't seem like as a teenager, fitness was really a part of your life. At what point throughout this whole story were you like, hey, I need to start focusing a little bit on my fitness, on my physical, um, my physical self? Obviously, you, you'd been focusing on your mental health. Um, and then how did that lead to you finding CrossFit? So I, my family was, a, you know, they're a military family and a sports family. Um, so uh, my grandfather was always in the gym, and so was my dad a lot. So I kind of grew up around it. Um, but I remember in rehab, like, we would get these, we would go to the gym for an hour a day. And, and I would always, you know, for the most part, just play pickup basketball. You could play basketball or workout and I was always playing basketball and then I started like trying to work out and I remember I couldn't run on the treadmill one of those like you know shitty life fitness treadmills sure for more than five minutes um <laughs> so I would have to do five minutes and walk for five minutes that's it. um and that's kind of when I started enjoying it and then I got out of rehab and was in like conditioning class in high school um and and was lifting a lot of weight well not a lot of weight, but I was lifting weights a lot. You were putting 45s on each side of the bench? Exactly. <laughs> I was doing that and yeah. just bicep curls pretty much. Sure. Exclusively. Um, and kind of got I – was, I was pretty fat, honestly, ar around that time too. So I was just, like, lifting weights. I wasn't doing any, like, meaningful conditioning. Um, I didn't really know what that was other than, like, we used to have this thing called happy hour on Fridays where it would be, like, a conditioning thing after class, after school. And one, and it made me throw up one time doing like prowler pushes. Um, so I just, I just kind of started getting into it more after that, and then wanting to go into the navy, I was running and swimming, and started doing push-ups and pull-ups and sit-ups a lot, but like running and swimming a ton. And so I started getting in a better shape and got, kind of realizing that's what I wanted to do. I was running a ton, like running. I started off, I had this mile loop <clears throat> at my house, and I would do that twice a day, and then I had a three-mile loop, and so I would. After that got easy, I would do like a mile in the morning and the three mile loop in the evening. And then I worked up to like a seven mile loop and I would do that like three times a week with a mile. So I was running like twice a day, swimming three or four times a week. Wow. Um, what did your weight get down to at that point? At my, at my leanest, I maybe was like right at 180. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I was just running and swimming a ton. Um, and then... My sister had taken me to a CrossFit class, and I had done, like, it was, I had liked it a lot, but I kind of just, like, ah, I just need to run and swim. That's what I need to be doing right now, so I didn't go back, and then a little while later, I had talked to her about it a little more, and I think I watched, like, the 2016 Ranch Chipper on CBS. I think it was on CBS at the sure. games, um, and, and honestly, it was on, I think, Instagram and saw, like, an Instagram ad for, like, a boot camp at a CrossFit gym and thought that that would help me get in a better shape. Um, and so I signed up for the boot camp and I went in there like, you should probably just do CrossFit. You don't need to do the boot camp. Yeah. <laughs> you were in there with all the ladies doing that fit body boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> they made me interview for it. So I didn't even get through the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So then you, you landed in CrossFit. 
Yeah, I started doing CrossFit at that gym. I was like 2017. Where uh, was that at? It's called Nova CrossFit. Nova Strength and Conditioning. Um, I don't know if it switched ownership or if the gym is still there. Um, so I started doing CrossFit there, and then like six months in or so, I like wanted to get my level one. So I got my level one. Um, started, you know, wanted a free membership, so started kind of coaching and. Then the Navy thing didn't work out around that time, and I switched to a CrossFit Fairfax, which is owned by Jeff and Maggie Tincher. Maggie's on staff. She's a perennial judge at the games, level four. Jeff's a level four. Um, he was actually at the games this year, I think 45 to 50 division, uh-huh. or 50 to 54. Um, it was pretty close to JR's age then. He's a great dude. Jeff is basically the, the same man. <laughs> Jeff is the man. Jeff is such a good guy, and so is Maggie's amazing too. Um, so I was training there and coaching there, and Jeff kind of, you know, this was around, like, the 2018 Open. I did really well in, like, 18.3, and Jeff was like, man, you know, believed in me a lot, and so I just started training more and more. That's awesome. So was he doing special programming for you, or you just were hopping in more classes? His, uh, we, the, he had a girl at CrossFit Reston, which was his other gym, named Christy Atkins, who's an eight-time games athlete. So I started jumping in with her. And her coach, John Main, of the 10 years, who is my coach. Was uh, that the formerly Christy Phillips? Phillips, yeah, Christy Phillips Atkins. Yep. Um, a- amazing person. Christy's the best. Um, I remember one time, I think I was doing the MAC qualifier. It was the 2019 MAC. I was doing that qualifier, and they had a workout that was like, I don't know. It had maybe it was like DT with like mu- it was. I think the workout was called Nasty Girls Love DT. I think it was three rounds of like a hundred air squats, thirteen muscle ups, and like a DT complex at one eighty five. And after the workout, I dropped my bar and went to like lay down. And she thought my head was gonna hit the concrete, and so she like caught my head <laughs> as uh-huh. I was laying down. She's awesome. Yeah, man. She um, had your back. Yeah, and uh, so I would like did a training camp with her and met her coach, and uh-huh. we hit it off, and so. He's been my coach since like 2018. Awesome. And was that in Charlotte? No, that was in Northern Virginia. Okay. Um, so I moved to Charlotte late July of 2019. Gotcha. So I've been there just a little over two years now. Um, where was I going with that? Yeah, I moved. So actually, it was right before the MAC, 2019 MAC, um, when it was a sanctional. Um, I was skateboarding like three days before that competition and, and tore all the ligaments in my left knee and had to have surgery. Good for you, bro. So I was, I know, <laughs> good for me. Yeah, right? It was too heavy for him anyway that year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, there was squat snatching in Let's go. four different workouts, so I would have won, okay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there was barbell squat snatch, not to talk shit, but also to talk shit in like three of the seven events. But it so was good programming There was also a... There was also, I think, squat cleans at maybe 245 with ring muscle-ups. Yeah, it was heavy. And, and the whole comp was really heavy because Josh went. Okay. And uh, also really aggressive. Like, the final was, like, a two-parter that started with, like, an assault bike. Ten-minute max cows. It was just super gnarly. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah. It was interesting. So you got to miss out on that. Yeah, I actually went, um, you know, got my name placard and watched all those guys and the obligatory name placard. You still got that one hanging up? Yeah. <laughs> and I think the shirt I actually You're like I paid for that. I'll yeah, take it. Taylor <laughs> Taylor went to Mac to just sit and watch angrily. I, I did. <laughs> That's I was, exactly what he did. I was <laughs> I did and I think the athlete shirt I had from that year I gave to some girl that I dated for like a month and then we broke up. So I don't have that anymore either. Big bummer. I'm actually happy I never wore it. I would never wear it. Because I didn't compete. It, it, just, compete. it would make me sick looking at that thing. Well, good. That worked out then. All right. You, do you have a love life right now? You got a girlfriend? Negative. No. Uh, it's hard to find time to put myself out there in that way. Yeah. It's not like something I don't look for, but I trained this 78-year-old woman at our gym. Yeah, <laughs> she said, yeah. she said it, she, this is what she said to me. She was like, what happened to that girl you were dating? I was like, ah, we're not dating anymore. 
She's like, good, you don't need to. You got like a bunch of competing coming up. I was like, yeah, but Brenda, it'd be nice to find the one. And she goes, well, where are you going to find her? You're in here all day. <laughs> I was like, damn. That's right. She's not going to fall out of the sky. <laughs> she might slide into those DMs these days, as the kids say. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no way. That was <laughs> not way after my DMs. <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> JR's got nothing to say about that. He's like, I'm totally out of this world. <laughs> Absolutely. Tied down, two kids. Got a got a pretty Mortgage. cool life though. Pretty yeah. cool life though. He does, he does. All right, let's move into uh, dude the Granite Games. Talk about that. Uh, it just didn't go as well as I wanted it to go. I went out hot on a workout and kind of blew it. Second workout and then was just kind of mentally not in a good place the rest of the weekend. Mm-hmm. I think uh, just went out too hot on that workout and. The rest of the weekend was not confident and kind of playing defense, backpedaling, sure. which was, you know, I have never experienced that before. Never experienced competing with, like, anything on the line or something I cared a lot about. So that was kind of my first experience doing that. Yeah. It makes a difference. Experience does make a huge difference, especially in competition. Yeah. Um, especially on, a like you just said, a, a high platform like that. Um you feel like if you were to do it over again and weren't to make that mistake, you would have been games bound? Um, yeah, I mean, if even if I was like 13th in that workout, and if I was 15th in that workout instead of 19th, I would have been. Yeah. I mean, I missed out by six points. So I took 19th. So if I was 30 seconds faster, which is in a 10-minute, 8-minute workout is for sure doable, especially since I went 100% the first two rounds. So was it a little salty watching the CrossFit games this year? It wasn't, it wasn't. Um, not only did I miss out at uh, Granite, but I missed out at the last chance. So according to the test, I was not fit enough to be there, which I don't, I don't kind of dispute that. If you can't make it through the programming, you don't deserve to be there. So, What was it like doing the last chance? Was that pretty nerve-wracking? No, I wouldn't call it nerve-wracking. It was just kind of – it was just a grind, to, to yeah, uh, an emotional roller coaster to miss out at Granite Games and know I should have or could have, whatever, made it. And then to know in however many weeks with not really any information, I have another chance and I have to continue to be at that level and stay keyed up and worked up. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was just, you know, it was, it was challenging. Yeah, um, for sure. But I, I loved the last chance workouts. I thought they were great and I thought they were a good balance. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to take last on the deadlift. I knew it wasn't going to be my best, but. What did you get on? Well, that was the three rep max, correct? Yeah. What did you get? <laughs> weight or, or place? No, weight. Uh, 462, which... That's still a lot of weight. Yeah, but there's a lot of big dudes lifting heavy weights these days. 28th places, you so know. So I was going to ask JR a question. I was going to say, you've watched Taylor work out quite a bit now, and you're pretty familiar with him. What would you say his holes in his game are? Sounds like deadlift might be one of them. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there there aren't a lot of holes at all. Um, I would say just like powerlifting absolute strength are the things he's not the best at comparatively to the people that he's trying to beat at the game. So, you know, deadlifting and squatting primarily, I would just say. You know, that's that's something that, I mean, they've done the total at the games twice. Right. And that's that's something that obviously – Dave feels like is really important to continue to test so he kind of brought that out in the last chance qualifier almost as a another way to gate um, just raw strength and not weightlifting you know most of the semifinals whether they were told to or not programmed weightlifting a yeah. weightlifting event a max snatch yep. uh, clean and jerk ladder at uh, the Torian Pro and since that was already tested like Taylor snatching 295 at the Granite Games, Dave probably looked at that and said, well, I don't need to do this again. If there's going to be a strength component to this last chance qualifier, it needs to be something in the powerlifting realm. You know? So, like he said, he doesn't hide from, from, from the failure. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. If, if, if he doesn't make it through, it's because he's not good enough to make it through. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's 
something that I, I, I admire about him is that he'll own it and not agree with other people when they say factual things like, hey, that's a four rep max front squat. That's a that's a very outlier type test when you have a big field. Yep. Well, this field was small. It was still kind of an outlier of a test, but it did what it was supposed to do. Find anyone that couldn't do it comparatively to the field. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, and I agree with that. I think I think one thing I squat and I deadlift a lot and I've been doing that a lot for the past I started I started training back for the season like late August and that's been 50% of what I'm doing every day at the gym. Yeah. Easily is is just lifting like a like a two and a half three hour lifting session to get stronger and I felt pretty I felt relatively strong this weekend um, but I've still got a lot of strength to build for sure do you have a strength coach nope same coach same and coach. and I and I yeah I trust him 100% you know where it's not like I don't ever feel like if there's something that I come short in it's looking at the programming that I follow ever I mean I my strength deficit isn't necessarily because I'm not strong or don't have the structure to have strength. I, you know, I've had one leg up until like a year ago. So like right. to put into context, I went through a full strength cycle without having to stop or take a deload or sub th- something out because things were hurting just before Granite Games. Yeah. So literally like the six weeks before Granite Games was the first time I did a, an actual strength cycle with squat and deadlift where I wasn't having to be like, all right, my hamstring's bugging me or something's bugging me. Unable to compete, I can't hammer this right now because I just won't be as healthy. So to lift heavy, you have to <laughs> you have to lift heavy. <laughs> That's right. And That's what, what did Matt Fraser said. If you want to get stronger, lift heavy things often, right? <laughs> so um, leading into this off season, we've got a couple invitationals. Are you <coughs> trying to do any of the qualifiers? No, I'm, I'm – uh, well, it's really only Wadapalooza is doing a qualifier, sure. and that was this past week. And my ego's not big enough to think that I could do well in that and do well in this. <laughs> the man, the man, don't get paid for qualifying for Wadapalooza. Yeah, he's he's, That's he's true. trying to make some money. That's yeah. right, and well, he did more than make money is just gain experience and do a good event, which I trust this to be. There are even some events that you have to qualify for that I don't believe that and trust in that. Right. So, you know, to be fair, I think, I think the world of JR and I think the world of this event, just because I know how much he cares about the athletes and I know how s- he's wicked smart. Yeah. And, and not only that, but knows probably as much history in CrossFit events, programming as, as anyone and takes that into deep consideration. I mean, I just think to myself, if you look at an event and you've got seven workouts and one of them, like a regional style event, and one of them or four of them have the same movement in it. So that's when I I say I trust this to be like, I trust that I'm going to come here and it's not going to be something stupid where I might get hurt because of the programming. And I also know it'll be a fair test. And I thought last year was an amazing test. I thought this year was a great test. Hey guys, we're going to take a break to thank our sponsors for today's episode. We're going to start off with CrossFit Greer. If you're living in the Greer area and are interested in getting started in CrossFit, go ahead and look up CrossFit Greer. Jen and Reagan Green are the owners there. If you mention the Apogee podcast to them, they will give you 10% off your first month's membership fees. I would also like to thank Blitz Belts and Chris Kane for their continued support of the show. So be sure to use their 15% off coupon code at checkout. That's Apogee, all caps. That gets you, the listener, 15% off at checkout at Blitz Belts on your custom order. I want to thank GoTape for being our new sponsor. GoTape has committed its brand to providing the best in athletic tape. They are the standard for CrossFit tape, scary sticky. Now they are providing the best in KT tape. So at checkout, be sure to get your 25% off your wholesale purchase. Use the coupon code Apogee at checkout. Finally, if you guys would like to become an invested friend of the show and are interested in supporting the show directly, go to anchor.fm slash Podcast and click on the support tab. We love bringing you guys awesome content each week. 
So be sure to subscribe to the podcast, drop a review, and let us know how we're doing. JR, let's talk a little bit about leading up to Crucible this year. Talk a little bit about your programming, um, when you started really thinking about what events you wanted to have here this year and how you went about doing it. Well, I told actually Jason and Taylor um, because they had just came and finished in the top four and they were coming into the gym and they were like, you know, so what about Crucible next year? And I was like, well, those workouts are 90% done. And they neither one of them believed me. But within a week after Crucible last year, I already had in my notes, in my phone, combinations of movements and time domains. Because it's, it's only the freshest in my mind right after it's happened. Like, I already have notes in my phone for next year. Because... If you look at the programming last year, you look at the programming this year and just the movements that were tested, I think there were only five movements from last year's competition that were used this year. Yeah. Echo Bike was one of them, and that's a machine. Toes to bar, ring muscle ups. Air runner. Air runner. Runner. Yep. GHD. Oh, yeah. Sled push. So six. I think that's it. Last year, there was wall balls. Yep. This year, there was thrusters. Last year, there was like a DT complex with rope climbs with legs. This year, there was a snatch ladder. There were legless rope climbs. Last year was 300-foot handstand walk for time. This year was obstacle. Last year was um, dumbbell snatch workout. This year was dumbbell stepovers. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, all that stuff is like... I'll be able to recall that for years and years and years. So I already have a lot of things that I want to do next year, and I'm already planning those out just from uh, starting to think about, okay, well, if, if this is the long event, how, what am I going to do for the heavier event? And if I I'm, if I'm, have tested these gymnastics elements, uh, how do I need to bring it and how do we need to test it next year to where the, the stimulus is a little bit different? I do really, really, really take it seriously. Yeah. Um, because I, I have only done one individual competition. And even there, I was very critical from a programming mindset, even being an athlete, like, okay, cool. Like, what does he want from this workout? How does this, how does how does Tuesday go into Wednesday go into Thursday? Because I think about that as much as the, the workouts themselves is if they start Friday doing two movement patterns, what, how, how am I testing the recovery? Do I really care about the recovery or do I care more about like the energy systems? So there's a lot of, a lot of things that go into it. And I'll, I'll tweak stuff as the year goes on. Perfect example is I've always loved the burden run mm -hmm. as, a, as an event. But Rogue made that first pig iteration, and maybe they sold them, but I even reached out to him years ago and said, do you guys still have any of those old pigs that I can load easily? And they were like, yeah, we don't even have those anymore. So in Flip Sled, I saw on a video or maybe just scrolling through Instagram, I reached out to them last year. They really weren't interested in working with me last year. You know, it's a new comp. Sure. They deal with football teams. They didn't even really know what CrossFit was. Yep. But Rich posts a video getting ready for the games with a flip sled, and then they're like, oh, yeah, we're getting a lot of calls recently. Um, I'm, <laughs> Funny I'm, how that works. I, I think they're going to be in Wadapalooza this year. I'd, I wouldn't be shocked if they're in all the events. Oh. So when I, when I got that sponsorship, I knew, okay, I want to do a burden run style event. And, like, even the names of the events – do mean something yeah like people like taylor know that when he saw it was called the belt and run and he saw that it was a run on the runner then a weighted run instead of a log it was a sandbag that there was sled they did a, i did a rod pull that year mm -hmm. and then there was a flip sled like some people will appreciate the fact that it was called the belt and run they're like oh that's really cool that's like that's from that's <laughs> like paying homage to an old crossfit games event sure ramping yeah. stuff as well that workout same yeah ramp, yeah ramping stuff is swimming stuff a play on words from swimming stuff i love that style of events really yeah. cool too and and 
I could talk about the judges all day, but they're like that workout was not easy to follow. No, you're right. It made a lot of sense what you saw people executing it, but even the fact that they had to make sure they could subtract 90 minus 33 double unders. All right, calculate that math. Put the score on the sheet. You got 30 seconds. Right. I mean, it was awesome. And like visually, if you were here and you saw that, there were people in the stands just jaw dropped the whole time. Yeah. Because it's such a circusy spectacle thing to see people do, right. especially with all the different body types. Seeing certain people excel that you wouldn't think would be great, and then seeing people excel that you knew this person's going to crush this. So. It, it all really, really matters to me. I'm rambling at this point, but the workouts, the way they look, the way that the athletes have to recover from them, trying to still let they'll put on the show. Right. Like it doesn't need to be all. It doesn't need to be sexy, and like that was a really sexy event. But they don't always have to be like that. Like the really, really simple ones are the ones that will end up being the coolest because the athletes will make them look cool. Like that For last sure, one. the last one. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. You agree with all that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it's cool that we're to the point now where we can even discuss, like, the history of CrossFit, right? Like, you can bring things from 10 years ago, and, you know, CrossFit's been around now this long where we can kind of bring things back and uh, kind of make a spectacle out of it, which is really cool. Um, JR, remind us again, when did you start with CrossFit? How long has it been? Uh, about 2013, so. So almost from the beginning. Eight years or so. Yeah. Like the first open that I did was in 2013. Awesome. How long have you been an affiliate owner? 2015. With a lot more years to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it'll, before I know it, we'll be at that 10-year mark. Before I know it, I'll have to either level up to level three or redo my level two. <laughs> Do the level three, it's cheaper. You'll pass it, you're smart. Well, I have to have a 10 year party. Uh, going going to my level two though, and like seeing new coaches try to lead a group and just get Tough. absolutely, like yeah. people were in tears. <laughs> and, and even me, like they were, you know, they were very like, they're not getting it, use another cue. Uh-huh. Okay. So they're in no, your no, face. No, 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 that's too many words. Say it, say it a simpler way. Like, <laughs> but, I, but you learn so much at that. Yeah. And I have thousands and thousands of hours leading groups. So that part of it is easy for me. Yeah. And there's some in that seminar that is like they want to become a coach at their gym. Right. And yeah. it is, man, it's, I mean, they're, they're savage, but it is an awesome cert. I mean, as a coach learning how to coach, that's how I try to coach my coaches we get together and say, hey, I want you to do this. Okay, give them a cue. Okay, give them a cue. Hey, it's not working. Give them another one. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, I mean, yeah, it's awesome. But Is that a weekend cert too? Yeah, it is a weekend yeah, cert. Okay. And, and I, I agree with JR, I think. Um, they are savage. I, got, I, got, I felt like I got picked on the most at my level too. Why is that? This guy got Donnie Forbes. Who's a level four? Every time I would air squat, he'd be like, oh, look at his air squat. He's shifting forward. I'm like, dude, there are people here who cannot go below parallel. Uh huh. Get off of me, bro. It's because he's Donnie from Boston and you've got dude, the red beard, dude. Dude, I, I honestly, <laughs> honestly, it was amazing having his eyes on me. And that, to, you know, the level two helped me a lot as a coach, but I did feel like I knew a lot of the information there from Andy because he's a level four and is on some, my boss. Mm -hmm. He's on staff. So I was pretty well prepared there. I learned a lot about you know, kind of the teaching a small group like that there, but I took just as much away as an athlete as I did as a coach. And then I think the level three really is how have you coached thousands of hours? Mm -hmm. And if you have and have read some of the material and are and know CrossFit, because mm -hmm. they're asking CrossFit questions, sure, um, that you'll do well. I, there were only five. I was pretty nervous um, taking that. The level three, but there were only five questions that had to do with triglycerides and cholesterol that I didn't know. I'm 26. And I should, I know them now. That's awesome that they go into depth like that. As they go as into a lot of depth. That's oh, yeah. cool. I don't know. Uh, how long ago did you take that level three? That was like a, um, 
a month ago, maybe? Oh, so oh, your, no, your brain is still coming down from that one. September 25th. Yeah, that was when I passed. Dude. Uh, huge relief. I got into a fight with Andy about it. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Before it, so I was so nervous. I'm sure, dude. I, uh, <laughs> I've been out of college, so... Let's see. I got. I finished my doctorate in 2014, and uh, I still get the school like nightmares. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'll get that nightmare where I had an assignment that I didn't know about mm. until like the last like day of semester, and I'm cramming for it, get a zero. Or I. This one's even worse. The one where. I signed up for a class, but forgot I had signed up for it. Didn't go the entire semester, and uh, got a zero and just <laughs> killed my GPA. Right? <laughs> it's funny because when I was in school, I never cared, and I did well. I had, I think, I finished, or when I dropped out, my GPA was like a three three, so not not great, but not terrible. Um, but I never had school nightmares. I was like, I don't care. But the level three. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I care about it, you know? No, well, that's a good yeah. thing. I mean, you need yeah, to care yeah. about what you do. Exactly. And this is your career. So talk a little bit about coaching at your box, right? I love it. Um, I think initially when I started coaching back in Virginia, I, I wasn't, you know, I was doing it for a free membership. And then I switched gyms to Jeff and Maggie's gym and I started becoming a coach and, and learning um and enjoying it a lot and really loving it you know when you work for somebody who's extremely passionate about it, it rubs off and that just you know carried momentum into moving to charlotte and working for randy i mean he's extremely passionate about it and is really you know he's an over 10-year affiliate yep. um oldest gym in charlotte and you know he's uh he's a heck of a coach so it's just been it's been amazing and we have an amazing community there um, so is it safe to say you're pretty much managing that entire gym? Uh, no, I managing is it would be a very strong word. Sure. Andy is there every day. Okay. From, yeah, from 8 a.m. to maybe 4 p.m. And then I'm there every day from like 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. So we're both, we, we interlap a lot. We coach about, I'd say me and Andy coach almost the same amount of classes. And then what he has me doing is being in charge of like new members and, and getting new members not in like a, I don't know. It's weird saying that because it's like, oh, you know, I'm in charge of like going out and trying to market the gym, but we don't really do that. What we try to do is offer the most value to our members, mm -hmm. more value than any other gym in Charlotte mm -hmm. for what they're paying. We believe they're getting the best coaching. Um, we believe they're getting the best workouts, the best eyes, you know, the best, the best environment whatever um so that's really what we try to do and offer things you know we tr we try not to we're not a salesy gym oh you know? yeah and no that's, that's some the are worst, right yeah that is the word that's what i love about jr's gym yep. I mean, his community is incredible but that starts from the top down so and that's how i feel about our gym too andy's the man and our gym's incredible it starts from the top down that's awesome i 100 percent agree with that so i i have to ask you this now that you've been to a semi-final you're you've been on Sivan podcast and uh People know who Taylor Self is in the CrossFit world a little bit. Um, do you get people coming into your gym and, like, knowing all about you before they've met you? Or are you still like, yo, I'm Taylor, and they're like, cool, man, nice beard? <laughs> no, I, no one comes in and knows about me. Most people who are coming to my gym are like, I've never done CrossFit before, sure. which I love. That Those are the people I want in the gym. Um, and uh, it's just fun. That's the most fun way to coach is to teach someone who's new and has never done it, and they're learning things, and they're like, damn. Like, I had this one guy who's new um, earlier this week to me. He's like, there's a lot of technique in CrossFit. I was like, yeah, man. I was like, you've been doing it two weeks. of, You're killing it. But, yeah, of course there's, you know, a lot of technique. But that's what people, again, that's the other thing that we're giving people in terms of getting new members and keeping members is we're, you know, we take that coaching seriously, and we, we don't let – we're not letting people get away with bad mechanics or, you know, stuff like that. But no, people don't know who I am, which is <laughs> fine. I'm not. I think it's interesting. I I didn't know this about the level three. Going back to the level three, that you know they teach you about cholesterol and triglycerides and all this stuff. So when people do come in and they say, "Hey, I have high cholesterol," this is something I really yeah. want to work on. It's something that you can relate to. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's and, really cool. Yeah, and and we're not, you know, they and they also make a big and level three is actually it's not a seminar, it's just a hundred sixty question exam. So okay. you just have to have you apply for it. You have to apply for it and have like some recommendations and like hours coached and whatever. Um, and then you take the exam basically. But they 
they do hammer home that like as a trainer what is within your scope of practice so like making a recommendation about exercise and eating well is within the scope of practice telling them you know <laughs> this is what we're going to do to get your cholesterol you know below 250 that's not it's not really right but you can talk about it like you can you talk know, about you it and you want to be that, knowledgeable you understand yeah, what that yeah. number means and and yeah know what the number means and and also kind of know that refined carbohydrates and sugars sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> which not a lot of people talk about but savan does he does he's <laughs> obsessed with that i think it's great it is cool um what else do you want to talk about jr I'm I'm good to just let it flow, man. He's We're so he's so tired. You said your back is sore. How are you feeling? Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just tired. Yeah, I'm I'm a lot more physically tired right now than I was after the games for sure. Um, but a lot of it is the shaking hands and kissing babies, and yeah. like I love that part of it. I love getting to know the athletes. I love because um, I really do develop good relationships with them. Yeah, I kind of had to do that for a couple years to try to get the first year yeah. going uh, and reaching out to people that I've known for years and like getting them to, you know, bump some other people, talking them into doing the comp, like trusting that I was going to try to put on a good event. Um, but that is really exhausting too, uh, to, to always be talking or to always be um, making sure that things are running smoothly. I mean, just something as little as being three minutes late or three minutes early for an event. I mean, if I'm in the back warming up and I know I have 10 more minutes to get loose, I don't want to be told it's time to corral. I mean, I'm planning all that just like these athletes are that are going to these big events. And they expect those big events to deliver too. Sure. Going to the games was eye-opening from that standpoint. I said, you know, well, we, we have a little hallway. Like, we should corral them. There's something about warming up and then standing still for 10 minutes. Like, that's a, a skill to be able to do something like that. You just see a bunch of people in the back doing air squats, like, to try to stay loose and stay warm. So, uh, that little things like that, um, making sure that all those things are running smoothly, the, the judges and the people and athlete control and the, and the event staff, like, hey, we have 10-minute changeovers. Mm-hmm and they know exactly what to do. This comes off, this comes on, these dumbbells go here, these sandbags go here. Boom. Let's go. Let's roll. So from last year trying to condense the amount of competitors a little bit and up the quality of everything I think was a good move. And it, like I said, it separates Crucible from Crescendo. Yeah. Crescendo is something people will look forward to. I can do this if I'm novice and I've been doing CrossFit for a month. I can do this if i am uh, been doing CrossFit maybe for a little while or I've been doing it for years and years and years and I'm just slowly getting fitter and fitter mm-hmm. and I can compete as an intermediate athlete or, hey, I want to compete against Taylor. I wonder if he's going to put a team together and do advanced. Right. And, which is really cool. And I have, some, I have some big things planned for May if we can make it work logistically. Um, so that, that's a, that's another fun challenge to think, okay, like we have tons of teams. If we have six lanes, that's 24 people on the floor at the same time. Every event doesn't need to be a relay. So at the end of the weekend, the teams are like, well, I worked out for 18 minutes. Right. We don't need to get into programming snobbish stuff, but Taylor is kind of like me in that regard. I get that. Um, I really want people to get their money's worth. Yep. And, and, if, and if it's for legit money, I want the people that get the money to definitely be the fittest team. Right. And you want everybody to feel like they worked out that weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. I want everyone to be sore. Right. I want everyone to feel like, man, like, I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. I worked out Saturday. I worked out Sunday. I'm, I'm ready for it to be over. But I can still go in tomorrow and move a little bit. You know, right. I'm not completely wrecked because – Five out of the six events had squatting. Yeah. We want them to feel tested. Talk about your event coming up in December. Uh, I'm excited for it. It's going to be the first. It's our, our inaugural year. Um, it's called the CrossFit Charlotte Classic. Um, yeah, there's just not really yet a big individual event in, in the Charlotte area. Um, 
and uh, we're looking to hopefully break ground. And I also know that me and Andy are, are similar to JR and that we have extremely high standards and expectations. Um, we know we can put on a good event. We are both experienced in the CrossFit space. Me, relatively experienced. Him, insanely experienced. And then him as well, insanely experienced in the competition space. Um, I mean, Spencer, another eight-time games athlete, his son. Right. So he, uh, man, he'll he'll come up to me like, hey, listen to this workout. And he's just, all he does, he's like JR, all he does is think about workouts, which I do to a degree, but I also, you know, I have a coach that programs for me, so I also think about training more than I'm thinking about cool workouts. But Andy will just rattle off these cool workouts. Um, this is one of them that I love, and uh, it's not going to be an event. Don't worry. They're okay. going to be announced in the next couple weeks when i get rick up um i was initially going to announce them before crash and then things were just moving too quick and i was really nervous about this so <laughs> but uh <laughs> so they'll be announced in the next couple weeks and, uh -huh. and people don't have to be worried about having stuff they can't do it'll be it'll be accessible but it's going to be a very well-programmed event but andy was this is like this workout that i actually did it one day it was it was with a it's just a prowler push and thrusters and it's 21 15 9 I think it starts with the prowler. It's like uh, we have this huge parking lot in the back, and so you go to one drain grate and back, 21 thrusters. The next drain grate and back, 15 thrusters. And then the longest, which I think is 200 yards total, and back, and then nine thrusters. And I think it was at 135, and it's just <laughs> savage workout. <laughs> so savage. Sounds fast. <laughs> but he just came up with yeah. that. I mean, he'll just do stuff like that. He's like, think about it. I've been thinking about this workout. But. And then you do it. Yeah, so we'll put on a really good event, and I and me and him both take pride in being on time and being cordial, and and anyone that's done an event at our gym before knows that, and being squared away with the judges and movement standards. You know, Andy's a level four. Mm -hmm. I'm a newly minted level three, so we care about upholding those things, but it just being professional. And a lot of events kind of overlook that. I think they overlook, they overlook the how professional it's run. I mean, if you have a gym that doesn't look that professional or it's an older space, no one really cares. If your gym is extreme, if the event is extremely well run, everything's on time, the equipment's all the same, things are not, you know, shoddy or questionable, judging is good. But also, like, from an athlete's standpoint, like, and this is kind of like JR saying he's snobby with the programming, I kind of am too. Like, I want to look at a workout and be like, oh, this is going to be fun to do. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've got a five-event competition and one of them is a, I don't know, a 400-meter sprint for time, no thanks. Right. Like, it, it's got to be CrossFit. Right. And you can, have a, you can have a sprint workout that's CrossFit. You can have a heavy workout that's CrossFit. When you have 15 events and you're at the games, yeah, test single modality. When you've got five events, test CrossFit. 100%. I couldn't agree more. No more, f no football tosses at your competition, <laughs> right? Oh my god, dude! <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I wonder about that sometimes. N not, not <laughs> a single one. Well, I did make that throw, so I wasn't upset about it. But <laughs> that baseball background. Yeah. Um. So talk a little bit more in depth. Uh, divisions in your. What can people expect that on that side? So the advanced division is going to be. I you know, and I and I put this in the standards, but to get into a little more depth is someone that's like quarterfinals doing relatively well in quarterfinals up to semifinal ish capacity um you know i'm not expecting to have any games athletes there um i think i i, I think i'm gonna have maybe one or two semifinalists in the advanced division and and a couple guys that were really close um so expectations of movements there's not going to be anything crazy i'm not going to put anything in the event especially the first year where it's like you know everyone's getting capped and they don't get to work out they're mm -hmm. going to be very demanding and very well balanced tests um but like you know i just i, I don't know that i'm going to have like someone like jason here or jacob faff so i'm not going to put a 275 snatch and i'm not going to put parallel handstand push-ups yet right um but the advanced division will be you know, you don't necessarily have to have that to test who's the fittest is going to oh, be there. Yeah, absolutely. Not. Um, so it will it will be really good workouts, um, but nothing crazy. And then for the intermediate division, I kind of described is like if you if you're RXing every workout in your gym, you're you know 
that's a great division for you. If you RX'd every open workout, mm-hmm. great division. Even if you made it to quarterfinals, fine. If you're like, you know, top 1,000 in North America, maybe you should be in the advanced division. Um, but the intermediate division is very much like an RX division. Okay. I, I guess to distinguish, you know, advanced means advanced. And I think most guys can, most athletes will look at themselves and know whether they're advanced or not. Intermediate, I think, is just, you know, it's RX. You right. have the capacity to do all the movements, maybe not to such a high degree, but. Yeah. Um, and then we'll have two master's divisions, which we're, we're hoping to be very competitive, um, you know, like an, an RX level master's. Have you uh, um, courted JR for that one? Well, we don't have a. We our divisions are forty to forty nine and fifty plus. So he's a little young. He's, he's he could do individual there. and probably do very well though. Yeah, I think that's I think it's very smart to uh, when you do masters events to understand that that thirty five to thirty nine, even forty to forty four. If you look at cro- the CrossFit Games programming, the weights and the movements do not yeah. change until fifty. Yeah, right. Yep. So. You have lots of really, really, really fit guys, yeah. especially 35 to 39, yeah. even oh, yeah. like 40 plus. So, yeah. you know, people just need to understand if you're saying Masters is, you know, 35 to 40, you're going to have lots of different, you're going to have lots of different levels of athletes. Yeah. It's something that I want to do in the future <laughs> at Crucible is have a Masters division. Yeah. But unless I can recruit and unless I know, I mean, I met a lot of guys this past year who were interested in coming Uh and doing individual. That would be awesome. But you know, if I could let them know, Hey dude, like next year, um, do you remember so-and-so from the games? You remember so-and-so from that competed against us? Well, I've got five of those. And then I've got like four or five more that are aging up that are coming too. If it was worth their time, I think they could come, but usually someone 35 to 39, that's, you know, even top 100 in the world is going to show up and it's not going to be close mm-hmm. against yeah. other masters athletes. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the things we're hoping with, you know, Andy's got a, a probably a broad uh, base of connections and we have a, a 65 plus games athlete, um, Greg Clewis, who's got some, I'm sure some friends. And so we're looking to, we're looking to have, you know, it's not like, I, I feel like a lot of events will have like a master's division and almost treat it as a scaled division. Sure. Um, and we're not, that's not the intent. Sure. Um, neither for the teenage division. I would say all of the divisions are RX and up. So all of this is individual then, no team. Yeah, yeah, it's all individual. Awesome. Um, and, and that's, I, I don't know, I just feel like the demand is there. I yeah. mean, we, North, everyone's doing a team competition. Right. And there are people that want to compete individually. And I like everybody, I feel like really everyone's doing a team competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I was extremely excited for, for Crash because it's like the, the only... It's the only worth a crap individual competition, I think. I feel like in the southeast, that's not Wadapalooza or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 100% agree with that. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. One of the biggest, one of the biggest pieces of feedback I got um, when I started to put information out about Crescendo last year is: Will there be a Masters division, and will you guys program it as if we're people that are fit? Uh, one of the things that really bothers, you know, even the 40 plus is that, hey, in the open, we have to do muscle ups and handstand walk too. Right. And, and we can. Yeah. So yeah. don't, you know, the, the way I did it was the intermediate division was very, very similar to what I asked the, the masters to do. And yeah. you had some teams with two people that could do everything and two people that couldn't. Well, that's that's a competition then. Right. That's kind of how it should be. I mean, you saw people in this competition that struggled doing certain movements, but they are an elite athlete at their gym or comparatively to to most people in that age division. So that's the way it should be. Cool. So in Charlotte, um, roughly how many CrossFit gyms are in the Charlotte area? Is there a lot? Yeah, there's like, I mean, probably close to 40. Are you guys a pretty tight-knit unit, kind of like the Upstate is here in South Carolina? No. Uh... <clears throat> well, I think, I mean, shit, I don't know anybody in Charlotte other than my gym and Andy. <laughs> I've really? only been there two and a half, two-ish yeah. years. Andy knows a lot of people. He's got a huge network. Um, but it's, mm, yeah, I don't think it's, 
it's different because there are gyms where you know, I mean, we'll have people that will drive 25 minutes to our gym, and I'm sure they bypass five to ten CrossFits on, on our way. So sure. whereas, you know, Spartanburg, you know, I don't know how many CrossFits are here, but JR's is, you know. Maybe like three or four. Yeah. yeah, but JR's, you know, crashes. Crashes crash. Right. Um, We try to be that in Charlotte, but, again, we have a flavor that's not for everyone. You know, yeah. everybody – has different tastes. We're we're definitely old school. We're old school CrossFit, um, but it's a um, it's a it's an awesome place. I do you or Andy do the programming design? Andy handles so his son Spencer actually, which this is this is interesting. Um, him, Austin Maliolo, another big name, James Hobart, owned what was once um, Ham program, and they did affiliate programming all over the world. So. We had that, and we would loosely follow it. And if Andy thought he wanted to do something else, he would do something else. Um, and actually, CrossFit.com, home office now, used to be HQ, CrossFit home office now, bought a ham plan. It's now CrossFit affiliate programming. Right. They call yep. it the cap. And so we have that, okay. and which I lo- – man, well, when Andy wouldn't do ham plan – a lot of times he would pull from dot com, like we're we're classic like that. He loves dot com, and so do I. I mean, if you if you don't follow, well, I I don't want to say it, but anyways, um, people don't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking to get fit and you're not a member of a gym, follow dot com, uh-huh. and you will get fit. Right. Um, and you will be tested, and you will be exposed. But we we do that. Um, and now Cap is pretty close to dot com. I think a lot of it interlaps, and Spencer's doing a lot of the programming for them, which is really cool. Very um, cool. Yeah. Talk about some of the uh, the sponsors that you brought in here, specifically like CBD MD. Did you connect with them at yeah. the CrossFit Games? Uh, I, I did not. I mean, I, I shook hands and met them at the table, but it, it is not something that, foolishly, I didn't even think about yeah. mentioning that I was running an event. Um, that There was a... There's a a medium somewhere where they told CBDMD about my event. There, some kind of exchange happened, and then um, John reached out to me and said, "Hey, you know, we hear you're doing an event. We're actually coming to Charlotte to do an event. We're kind of located out of Charlotte, you know." John's a great and, guy. Um, cool guy. You know, we we're really interested in getting <coughs> in the space. This was before that they released that they had signed, you know, four athletes. I think Annie. Um, maybe Brent Fikowski, Madeiras, and, and uh, Noah. I say there's one more Noah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So Crazy. this was before that, and uh, yeah, he's he's just he is really passionate about this old this uh, community local comp vibe just as much as the games because he I think he understands that the the people that are are really grinding too that care about recovery that care about feeling good. Yep. are not just the professionals. It's the people that, that want to do local competitions and that want to train and want to look and feel the best they can. Right. So that was a really, really cool. I mentioned earlier I was working on that flip sled sponsorship for a couple of years, and, and hopefully that's a relationship that sticks, uh, that we can continue to, to grow as I continue to do events because there's a lot of versatility with that implement that I didn't use this year because we did it as a tiger flip. but. You right. can do as a pushing and a pulling sled and, and all that kind of stuff. And just just watching the event staff for people carrying it back to the start position got my mind moving. Like almost doing it like a litter or something like that. We have actually army litters at the gym. Yeah. So that's 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 just yeah, it's uh it's it's something that is now kind of in my head as far as programming comps. Um but I mean uh, we've got a ton of entrepreneurs within the gym the man right here apogee yeah being one of the partners this year um having a vision to grow um as well so that relationship has has been made but also like eggs up grill Mm -hmm. um we have a member here that owns one in the area that you know is lane sponsor this year um cpt fitness is nick martin's Pro, is is his coaching service yeah i use so, I mean, him even even yeah. nick i mean he's he's a really really great guy really smart guy knows what he's talking about um but you know integrity pull pro fringe hair 
um, holy moly. I mean, those are all in house. Those are all like members yeah. that have, you know, really just wanted to help SDG PGDI, these event sponsors, paper street sign company. Those are all in house entrepreneurs. So I, I can't express enough gratitude for them wanting to help. Cause that's all it is. Yeah. You know, they don't care about having their name on a poster, right? They just want to know that they're helping grow something else. Absolutely. So, unbelievable people. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to talk about this for a minute real quick. I, I want to express my appreciation for the opportunity of kind of our big release for Apogee Athletic, the idea, um, even though we don't have the actual product yet, still like having faith in us to bring us on and kind of express what's coming in the future very, very soon, next year. Um, I, I know that's a little bit of a leap of faith for you because, you know, what if it doesn't pan out, right? But still, I, it's going to. Um, it's definitely in the works. Made some great connections this weekend, and uh, I think we're going to push forward. But I wanted to tell Taylor, so the podium winners from Crash Crucible are all going to get emailed certificates, and you guys are, if you want, if you accept them, are going to get the prototypes for the shoes. And I would love for you guys to test them out, do everything and anything you can to them, destroy them, and tell me what you think about it. Absolutely. And then we'll, we'll, take, we'll yeah. take those prototypes, go back to the lab, tweak a few things, and then hopefully when we have a big release in the fall, we'll have the ultimate shoe, you know, kind of engineered by a physical therapist who understands the mechanics of a foot and how it should be working. Yeah. Um, you know, tested by top athletes like yourself absolutely and then built for the crossfit the greater crossfit community just to give guys another option right i think that's one thing that i've seen in crossfit that hasn't really grown as much is like the shoe industry right where there's yeah. always been three primary yeah. shoes innovates in there a little bit but I, I feel like just giving people another option um i know i'm talking a lot about myself and i hate talking about myself on the podcast but since we were the uh, headlining sponsor, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about this. One of the number one questions asked by me as a physical therapist is like, what shoes should I be wearing, right? And I always say shoes are like tools, right? Like if I need a Phillips head screwdriver, I'm gonna use a Phillips head screwdriver. If I need a flathead, I need a flathead. If I'm gonna run, running shoes, if I'm gonna do CrossFit, I need CrossFit shoes. Yep. And they need to trust that those CrossFit shoes are gonna stand up for everything and anything that something like this weekend throws at you, right? So that's what we've tried to create, and um, I think the shoe will speak for itself as far as the way the foot is supposed to work. Instead of relying on panels, you're going to rely on your foot to do work. So I'm excited to release this, and I really hope that you enjoy it and give me all the feedback that you want. Oh, I 100% will. And if it's all terrible feedback, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, get, you'll get the honest <laughs> feedback. That's great. For sure. You, you, you definitely will. <laughs> I would expect nothing less from this leprechaun guy right here. So, <laughs> all right. Um, dude, super, super awesome of you to stick behind after, you know, a grueling weekend of Crucible. Um, I know you didn't have to do it, um, but I really appreciate you sit, sit, sitting around and talking with old guys like me and JR. Um, CrossFit's always a fun topic. So um, we're excited to see you on the leaderboard this year. Me too. Let's get to semifinal. Let's get to the games. And you've got an upstate community in South Carolina that's behind you. Thank you, man. I'm, and thanks I'm, for having me on. Thanks for asking. Yeah, for sure. dude. You absolutely have a lot of fans around here. So, um, obviously, as JR says, you're always welcome at, at Crash, right? <laughs> Most days. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I tried to pay him. A I'm paying drop-ins. I'm going to buy a membership because I'm going to be in here a lot. Look well, at him. First thing he's going to do is buy a flip slide. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, y'all heard it here on the Abogee Fitness Podcast. <laughs>